This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by the book Letting Go, How I Failed Gay Conversion Therapy and Learned to Love Myself by Aaron Simnowitz. In this book, I take the reader on my journey as I navigate the controversial divide between the evangelical church and homosexuality. At 19 years old, my Christian faith and obedience to Jesus was the most important thing in my life. However, my attraction to other males tested my loyalties, as I believed I only had two choices, either choose Jesus and deny my sexuality, or choose my sexuality and denounce Jesus. In letting go, I hold no punches as I explicitly tell my story with relentless vulnerability, showcasing the emotional pain, anguish, and frustration, yet humorously engaging the reader simultaneously. This book gives readers just one example of a life that was tortured by gay conversion therapy and how it is possible to come out on the other side of self-acceptance. You can pick up this book at Amazon.com right now. Hey, this is Jason Elam with the Messy Spirituality Podcast, and I just can't seem to get enough of Second Cup with Keith. It's theological caffeine for my brain. Hello, and welcome back to Second Cup with Keith. I'm your host, Keith Giles, and I um, wanted to welcome you to another episode. So <clears throat> this episode is going to be a little different than some previous episodes that I've recorded. Um, usually when I record an episode of Second Come with Keith, I'm there's a topic, you know, specifically, usually a question about scripture or maybe some ways that scripture or theology has been misrepresented um, that I've found, you know, I've come across in either on Facebook posts or in the media, on blog posts or videos or things like that I want to respond to uh, and do some correction, that kind of a thing. Um, and lately I've done some interviews where I've had some guests come on and talk about different things and, and I've enjoyed doing that. I'll probably continue to do that in the future. But um, coming up here to the end of this year, uh, there's just a couple of things I wanted to talk about and go over, let you know some things that are going on with me and my personal life and uh, my spiritual growth and development, as well as the sort of creative direction that I feel compelled to uh, move into, and how that's, you know, potentially going to affect this podcast and the things that I create uh, moving forward. So uh, where, to, where to begin? I guess... One place to begin is, um, and I made, I did a video, I posted a video on, on Facebook probably about a month ago, wow, it's been a while, uh, about sort of this epiphany that I had. And um, what had happened was I, I kind of felt myself falling into a bit of a rut creatively, um, partially because I think, you know, I have been... Uh, as of January of this year, you know, uh, myself and Matthew DiStefano, my co-host for uh, Apostates Anonymous podcast and Heretic Happier podcast. Um, he's also, you know, we're co-owners of Choir Publishing as of January of this year. And so that's taken a whole lot of energy and time, you know, um, and it's been great. It's been really good. Um, we love it and we're excited about it and we're looking forward to a new year with what Choir is going to do next year. But that, you know, has taken away time and energy from personal projects that I wanted to do as well. So um, anyway, but I was, um, but that's part of it, I guess, you know, why I was feeling like kind of disjointed and not sure exactly where I was going, um, what I was doing next. And and I think that's part of it too. Um, 
uh, I'm kind of at an impasse when it comes to my book writing right now in that I just, you know, I just published uh, Sola Deus, which is the second book in the Sola series. I do plan to do at least a third book to wrap that up uh, maybe next year, but I haven't started writing that book yet. So that book is outlined. It's kind of sitting uh, in a notebook right now, uh, the outline, and um, I haven't quite started on that one yet. I haven't decided that I should start on that one yet. Um, I'm I'm finishing up writing the commentary on the Gospel of Thomas, which will be called The Quantum Sayings of Jesus from the Lost Gospel of Thomas. And that'll be available um, in February, hopefully, of next year. I'm still finishing that up. I think I've got about like maybe 10 or 11 sayings of Thomas that I need to uh, provide some commentary on. But then that'll be that'll all be done. The cover's done. The forward's done. Everything else is ready to go. And hopefully by, by the end of the year, I'll have that ready and send that over to Matt um, to get that in motion for publication. Um, I just published, actually, as of this recording about a week ago, um, a book called Second Cup with Keith. So there's now a book available. If you love this podcast, uh, it takes the first like 32 episodes and each chapter is a reflection of the topic I covered in an episode. And you can get that right now. It makes a great gift. Um, if you really want one, like if you'd like one autographed by me, uh, if you're in the US, um, I would say shoot me an email at keithatquire.com and let me know that you want one. And I'd be happy to send one out to you. Um, so anyway, so that's cool. I just, you know, it's, it was cool to be able to publish that book, put that book together and, um, and put that out there. It's really kind of like the podcast, right? It's sort of like answering common questions about theology and the Bible and things like that. So uh, I'm really glad to be able to offer that book and to put that out there. But I'm, I, anyway, I feel like I'm in this limbo place where I'm really not sure hundred percent which, what is my next project, Right. So yeah, I'm finishing up the Gospel of Thomas, but that's pretty much done. A uh, little bit of work and that's going to be wrapped. Uh, but then they're sort of like, okay, but now what? What's next, right? So anyway, the, my epiphany was I was I got up early in the morning. I was kind of sitting in the couch uh, in the dark in my living room. Everyone else was asleep. It was like 2 a.m. And um, I was trying to figure out like why I feel like I'm in a bit of this slump. And I, the thing that kind of came to me was the realization that, you know, I had... I had a, a real, you know, profound personal epiphany about a year ago when I was in the process of writing the book, Sola Deus, um, and also that has been reinforced as I've continued to work on the commentary for the Gospel of Thomas. These are very some similar ideas, which primarily are about the illusion of separation, um, the divine unity between us and God, as and then therefore between uh, us and one another. So this illusion of separation is not just the illusion of separation between us and the divine, but also the illusion of separation, therefore, between all things, between all of us. And I talk about this in, uh, you know, in, in the podcast. I did an episode or two. I did one on Thomas. I did one on quantum, things like that. So I, I've talked about this, right? So what I realized was, you know, sitting in my living room at 2 a.m., uh, what I realized was, I, what I anyway, what I think is my theory, <laughs> my, my best guess right now, is that um, is that the slump I've been experiencing is that I had this such a profound epiphany about divine unity and the illusion of separation and the oneness of all things, um, and my reaction to that, you know, after I wrote the book, was just sort of like, meh, 
like, eh, whatever. And that that was sort of, that's what I think is uh, what I'm experiencing right now is the fact that I've, I've had such a profound revelation, but I haven't responded to it in the right way, you know, that I haven't given it um, its full measure of weight. And it's sort of like, well, my gosh, Keith, if you've had this fantastic revelation, it really should change everything for you. And so I talked about this um, on the video that I recorded as this sort of like second deconstruction. Uh, I feel like I've gone through sort of a second deconstruction process. And there's only a handful of people that I feel like understand this. Um, when, so, you know, I've deconstructed my evangelical Christianity. I wrote this whole seven-part Jesus Son series and, um, you know, answered most of the major questions there and provided some resources to help other people, you know, coming along behind me or after me um, who have similar questions. And, and those books are still available, you know, um, to help them through that process. But, you know, having gone through that, then I wrote Solo Mysterium. That was sort of like the embracing of mystery, recognizing we don't have all the answers and we don't, we really shouldn't try to, you know, arrive at some kind of certainty about the divine, that we should embrace the mystery, not allow the cement to dry and all that kind of stuff. Huge, powerful, profound. Yes, absolutely. Um, Solideos kind of took me deeper into this, excuse me, realization of uh, our divine oneness with God and therefore with one another and that kind of thing. And, and, you know, then, yeah, I just kind of like hit a wall, like, okay, yes, but now what? And I think I'm kind of still working my way through that phase of yes, but now what? And the quote that came to my mind, and I, by the way, I've got it written down, posted right in front of me on my monitor right here as I'm looking at it, as I'm recording this, um, it's, I've got several post-it notes around my monitor with different things. And this was one of them that really, um, uh, it's helpful for me to remind myself of this, especially at this point that I find myself in. Um, and the quote is from Socrates. I love Socrates. He's my favorite philosopher, hands down. Um, and there's a wonderful quote by him that says this, the secret of change is to focus your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And that quote came to me as I was thinking through these questions and, and you know trying to make sense of where I find myself now after having had these epiphanies and, and realizations. Um, and it was, I mean, I've, I've known this quote for a long time, by the way. I've had this quote in my wallet for a long, long time. And I've quoted it many times in the past. I've quoted it, I'm sure, in, in, in Solo Mysterium and Solo Deus, I, you know, I quote Socrates all the time in those books. So it's not like I didn't know about the quote. It's not like I wasn't aware of it. But it sort of came back to me in a deeper way. And what I realized was that so much of what I have done to this point, and primarily what I'm thinking of is the Jesus Sun series, um, but also this podcast and other podcasts that I've done, uh, Heretic Happy Hour, Posse's Anonymous, Posts that I've made, my blog, things like that. Um, when I when I do debates, when I, you know, I've done some debates in the past with other people on different topics. And what I realized was all of that 
all of that would fall under the category of fighting the old, right? Because it's, what, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm responding to the old. Uh, in other words, evangelical conservative Christianity. This is what I was raised in, what I was brought up in. I've realized it isn't the truth. I've realized it has some toxicity to it. Um, I've escaped it. Uh, I put together the square one and two and three uh, online courses and groups to help people also escape it and find their way, navigate their way through it. So, um, so I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that all that is fighting the old in, in the negative. I'm not saying, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, because I think there's no possible way that I couldn't not have done it. Right. Like, uh, that's just who I am. And having come out of that, being a writer, being a communicator, um, I just felt like it wasn't even a thought for me. You know, no one had to tell me to do this. It was like, I, I just started blogging about it. I started writing about it. I started publishing books about it. I started doing a podcast about it. And then I did a second and a third podcast about it. Um, it's just become really, I guess, probably the last five or six years of my life in a very intense way has really been focused on that, on fighting the old. And again, not saying I shouldn't have done that, but recognizing that I have come to a place where fighting the old, uh, that I feel like I'm over that. I'm kind of done with that. Um, I feel, I feel the weight of that and I feel, and I'm grateful that I've been able to create that work. Very proud of the Jesus Sun series, very proud of the square one and two courses and groups. Um, very proud of the podcasts that I've done and I'm still doing. So, you know, it's not that at all. I, I don't, I'm not raining on that parade. I'm, I'm just saying that that quote came up to me a few weeks ago and I feel like it sort of pointed the way it, it sort of came up and it was highlighted and spotlighted for me in a certain way. And I felt like it was saying to me, this is why you feel stuck. It's because you're still fighting the old. And if you really want change, if that's what you hope for, like if you look at this mess, um, and then again, that's a part of it too, you know, like when you're, when you're part of, like when, like I've been on staff at evangelical churches, right? I was licensed under Dana as a pastor. I served at different churches in different capacities. You know, the, when you start deconstructing your faith and you're on staff at a church like that, you know, initially, at least I did, you go through this phase of like wanting to reform the church, if not the church with a capital C, at least the church with a little C, the one you're a part of, you want to reform it from within. You want to bring people with you. You want to open their eyes. You want them to, you want to help them see what you see because you've seen it and you can't unsee it, right? You know it and you can't unknow it. And again, I think that's all very natural. And so I, I've done, I've done that. I've been through that process and I feel like all this stuff I've done to this very day has very much been focused on that about trying to fight the old or reform the old from within. Um, uh, you know, in other words, I've been speaking to those people still in that, you know, theological system, in, in that doctrinal framework. That's been my focus. I've been talking to those people. I've been talking to pastors. I've been talking to leaders. I've been talking to just average people that, um, 
or asking these questions, seeing the same things I, I've been seeing, questioning the same things I've been questioning, and trying to help them sort of see with new eyes, right? Have a paradigm shift away from the old to hopefully help them see something new, possibilities of the way things could be, right? Um, and so that's what I that's what I was doing all through the Jesus Done series. That's what I tried to do in Solo Mysterium moving deeper into, you know, away from the old, but into the possibilities of the new. Uh, that's what Sola Mysterium and Sola Deus is all about. But yeah, I just feel, I feel a very strong sense that it's time for me to try to reimagine what it would look like to bring change, not by fighting the old, but by building something new. Now, I love that idea. Again, that's why I pasted it, taped it to my uh, to my monitor. That's why I carry around a little quote of it in my wallet. Um, absolutely, right? That's That's in front of my mind every day when I come and sit down at this desk. To not fight the old, but to build the new. But I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure what that looks like. I feel like I'm starting something brand new. That's why I say this is like a second deconstruction. I feel like I'm stepping into, I'm pioneering something that at least for me is brand new. I'm sure maybe other people have done this, you know, um, way before I did. Like this isn't new to a lot of people, but it's new to me. It's new for me because I don't, I don't know exactly what it looks like. I mean, I have some ideas of what it would look like to build a new, um, but I'm in this sort of early, possibility phase, this what-if phase of what might it look like to build the new, right? Um, so the only thing I, I know for sure is that uh, whatever building the new looks like, it doesn't look like what's come before. It doesn't look like fighting the old. And so I need to intentionally step away from that kind of thing as much as I can. I don't know that I a hundred percent can. I don't know that I can make a clean break of it. Um, we'll find out, I guess. Right. Because what I mean, what I mean by that is like to make a clean break from it would mean just walking away from everything. Like I'm not going to do heretic happy hour anymore because it's a lot of, it's really still about fighting the old. Um, I'm not going to do Apostates Anonymous anymore because it's fighting the old. I'm not going to do Second Cup with Keith anymore because it's about fighting the old. Um, but, you know, I don't think, excuse me, I don't think that that's, that that's called for at this moment. Um, so I'm going to continue to do those things. Now, when it comes to this podcast, this is my podcast. The other podcasts are ones that I do in cooperation and collaboration with other people. And they're really not my podcast. Like I cannot just decide unilaterally, you know, that Heretic Happy Hour is now going to shift gears and we're going to start moving in this other direction. I can't do that. Um, and I'm fine with that. That's okay. I think it needs to be what it is. And the same with Apostates Anonymous, right? You know, unless Matt and I were on the same page and we were like, yeah, let's do something totally different. But we're, that's not where we're at. We haven't had a conversation like that. Um, and okay, I'm fine if we don't have a conversation like that. Um, if we just keep going the way we're going. Second Cup with Keith, again, this is my podcast. And so if I 
personally am going to make this shift and start moving into building the new, well, then I may have to just bring you along with me, <laughs> my listeners, uh, my supporters, my friends. Um, you know, uh, you you and I together might have to figure out what this looks like. What does it look like to build the new? And a big part of that is just having, you know, an imagination for it. What is the new, right? Well, for me, it's 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 something built around this epiphany of divine unity. And so I know a lot of you probably think, oh, good, Keith's going to move into new age territory now. We're going to have a whole bunch of people come on here and talk about crystals and chakras and uh, stuff like that. And I no, I don't think that's that's not what I'm doing. That's not what I mean. I mean, I don't want to promise anything, but I don't, that's not what I'm planning. Um, I'm really not super into a lot of that woo-woo stuff. Um, honestly, it makes me a bit uncomfortable. But who knows? Uh, I want to remain open at the same time, but uh, its I don't think it's about that. I think it's more about just exploring. I think this is what it is. I think for me, when I think about this thing about um, bringing change by focusing my energy on building the new, um, for me, in a general sense, what I what I think of what that what I, what that looks like is changing the way I communicate, changing the focus of my blog posts, changing the focus of the things I write about. Um, maybe collaborating with some other people who see the same things that I see and bouncing off ideas. Like maybe we can together, we can figure out what's a new way to tell the story. What's a way to uh, come at this idea of building the new from a very different perspective. Um, in other words, <clears throat> I, I'm very interested in creative ways subversive ways uh, to help people awaken to this concept of this idea of divine unity and the illusion of separation. That's what excites me at this moment. To think about, you know, is there a way to tell a story that helps people um, in an unexpected way to suddenly realize the, that we're all connected? Is there a way to write a poem or a song um, that allows people to see through new eyes their connection with people around them, their connection with the divine? That's what I mean. That's the kind of things I'm excited about. And that's why I think a lot of it's going to involve um, collaboration. So to that end, I have reached out to a few people. Like when I recorded that video, uh, I already had a couple of people in mind, but two or three people um, responded to that video when I posted it on Facebook and said, you know, Keith, I know exactly what you mean. I'm in that same place. Like, hey, can we talk? Right. Some of them did just private message me and say, Keith, I love what you said on that video. I'm in the same place. You know, I'd love to talk to you about this. So. Um, I guess I can tell you who they are. <laughs> I don't know if I need to. Maybe I don't need to. Uh, maybe I'll save that. Um, and, and, and you know, that may be something too. Maybe um, in the new year, 
what I'll do is just invite some of them to come on and interview them and talk to them. And um, we'll record some conversations where we talk about building the new and what that looks like. You know, what's it all about? We have created a little Facebook group. There's a little private Facebook group we created. Um, there's about five of us in there now. And we have had a Zoom call where we just kind of got on and tried to figure out what is this thing. Because this is part of it too, is we don't even know what to call this. We don't know what this is. It is really new. It really is something undefined for a lot of us. Um, I mean, for me, that the first deconstruction, I've gone through it. You know, um, I've, I, I've walked the path, I've mapped it out, I've written a guide for other people who come up, you know, behind me um, along the same path and hopefully some markers and um, landmarks and things that help them on their journey. So, you know, I've, I've, I've got that. I think I've got that. But this new phase, this sort of deconstruction 2.0 is pretty new and I don't have a whole lot of uh, guides to help me do this part of the journey other than these friends of mine that I've mentioned. Um, we can kind of encourage each other a little bit and some of us have been sharing, you know, hey, this book was helpful or this quote was helpful or this video was helpful or so that's good, you know, it, but it's still kind of this undefined thing. Um, I want to say it's not reconstruction. I've had people, I've tried to explain this to people and what they'll come back to me and as I try to explain it to them, they'll be like, oh, you're just talking about reconstruction. No, no, I'm not. This is not reconstruction. Reconstruction is a totally different thing, at least in my mind, the way I understand re uh, reconstruction. Reconstruction is once you've torn down your, you know, sort of the the pillars of the Christian, evangelical Christian faith, it's rebuilding with new pillars that you define, that you decide what makes sense to you in your faith journey, right? And I've done that. I've already done that. This feels like turning around and walking away from that into an unknown direction that um, it's not contradicting the reconstruction piece for me. Um, it's just I'm suddenly discovering another room in the building that I didn't know was there. Right. It's like I've reconstructed. I have this, you know, I've reconstructed the let's think of it as a as a as a building, as a house. I've reconstructed the house, but suddenly I discovered there's like a hidden room, you know, behind the bookcase. And it it goes down into, you know, this dark tunnel. And I'm just trying to follow and figure out where it, where is this going? What does this look like? You know, oh, oh look, and now I'm in another room. What's well, who where'd this room come from? What's in this room? Let me explore. It feels like that. It does not feel like reconstruction at all. It feels completely, completely different. And so either you know what I'm talking about or you don't. Um, and and as I get better language for it, you know, as I walk a little bit farther down this tunnel, a little bit deeper down this path, um, as it starts to make more sense for me, I'll have better language for it to describe it a little bit better. But right now I don't. Right now it's really just, I don't know where this is going. I'm not 100% sure what this is going to look like. I have ideas of what I hope it looks like. Um, so this is going to probably sound unrelated to what I'm talking about. But for me, actually, it's it's absolutely related. Um, 
Because as I'm trying to figure out and explore what this building the new looks like, um, and make sense of it, I've started really uh, focusing a whole lot more and trying to give space and attention more to creativity. And it's really funny how this has happened because it feels a bit like serendipity, right? It feels a bit like uh, the universe is whispering yes and nodding and 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 um, directing me, nudging me in this direction uh, in, a, in various ways. So... As I have been sort of in a holding pattern at this at this point, trying to figure out what my next creative project's going to be, what my next book is going to be. And this is part of the problem. I have too many ideas. I have too many books, right? I have the third solo book. Um, I have, I've gotten an idea of writing a book called The Answer to Everything, which is about this, um, this idea of divine unity and oneness and all that. So that's a book idea. And, and, and that might be the next book. I don't know. Maybe that's what I'll end up doing next. Um, but I've also, you know, been thinking about writing some poetry. Uh, I actually am going to publish a book of poetry next year. I'm putting that together right now. But that's old poems collected for over the years that I've written over the last couple of decades um, that I've never published. So, um, but I'm excited about that. I'm excited about kind of pulling these poems back out again and brushing them off and and breathing some new life into them and sharing them with the world because I've never really shared them with other people. Not like this. Not in this kind of a you know collection of the all-in-one book kind of a thing. Um, but anyway, what I was going to say is Wendy challenged me uh, about a week ago, two weeks ago now. I guess it's been two weeks ago. It's again, the, the timing of this is all, if you notice, this is all right in line, right? I had this epiphany. I did this video. I connected with some people uh, who understood this second deconstruction idea. Then Wendy challenged me to kind of wake up every day and just write a poem every morning, every day, get up in the morning, and write a poem. So I did that. I opened a little Word doc, and every day I get up after I've had my coffee and you know all that. I come in here and I sit down and I write a poem. Now it doesn't have to be a great poem, and, and some of them aren't great. Some of them are. A couple, of, maybe there's two of them, maybe two or three of them that I've so far that I've written that I feel like, oh, that was really good. But um, the rest are just. Poems. Uh, it's just to it's just to exercise that muscle, like to put myself in the habit of every day I get up and I write a poem. I put myself in this place where I can rest and I can listen. I can engage this creative part of myself, and I can begin to uh, find words to express emotions and feelings and ideas and thoughts in an unconventional, unstructured way. That's what the poetry is, right? So I've been doing that. And that's been really great. It's been very, very helpful. But, you know, around the same time, Wendy and I just took a trip. We took a little, uh, we called it a mini moon. We drove to Orange County, California. This is where we spent 25 years of our life. When we say the word home, that's what we think of as Orange County, California. So we just kind of went back home, stayed with a friend. Um, we went to see a concert, some friends of ours. Kind of did a reunion show that you know, after putting their band back together after 25 years, it was a fantastic show. 
But we also had time to walk on the beach and visit some of our favorite restaurants and see some friends of ours we hadn't seen in a while. Um, you know, visit our old favorite places that we used to go. It was really wonderful. It's a really, really wonderful experience. And I'm so glad we had a chance to do that. That was really great. But while I was in Orange County, got to keep in mind everything else I'm just telling you, right? This whole serendipity, how the universe feels like the universe is telling me something. Um, I go into this bookstore, went into a used bookstore in Tustin, California, and there was a stack of these books. There were he, you know, there's like, a, I guess it was probably like a new release section for all the new books, but he had like six of these books stacked up, you know, and they're all kind of around this round table, uh, you know, new arrivals kind of a thing. And the book is called uh, The Creative Act. The subtitle is A Way of Being, and it's by Rick Rubin, Rick Rubin, R-U-B-I-N. Rick Rubin is a multi-platinum, you know, uh, winning, super successful um music producer. He produces bands, uh, albums, right? And uh, But the book's about creativity. And I thumbed through it. It looked kind of interesting. I was like, okay, that's cool. But, you know, it was, seriously, it was like $32. And I'm like, I'm not spending $32 on this book. So I just kind of put it, put it down. And later that day, and I won't go into it because it's a little involved, but let's just say it was there were a whole lot of contingent things that had to happen for this to happen. Um, I guess I can go into some of the basics part. I was supposed to meet a friend of mine uh, in the orange circle for coffee at like two o'clock and he was around two twenty-five, and he wasn't there. And he texted me to say he was, he was just now leaving and I knew it was going to take him another half an hour at least to get there. So I had time. Well, around that same time I had found a book at the, uh, friends of the library bookstore at the orange library, which is like a block away from where I was going to meet my friend. Um, uh, well, it was a book for Matthew DeStefano. Uh, anytime I come across a book on Tolkien, uh, in a used bookstore, I'll take a picture of it and send it to him. And if he doesn't have it, I'll buy it for him and mail it to him. He does the same thing for me, by the way, with Philip K. Dick books. So, uh, anyway, I had taken a picture earlier in the day. I had been there. Uh, I came across this book on Tolkien. I took a picture. I sent it to him. He didn't answer me. So here I am in the orange circle. My friend is late. I got time to kill. And then Matt, then Matt responds. So it wasn't until then that he responded. Oh yes, I'd love to have that book, please. So I'm like, well, okay, I got time. I can walk down there. Uh, it's only a block away. I'll walk down and I'll get this book for Matt. So I did. I'll walk down, walk, walk a block, cross the street, go over. The book's still there. I buy the book. And as I'm buying that book for Matt, I look up to my left right at eye level next to where I'm, you know, paying the, the guy, the cashier for, for this book for Matt and look what they have on the shelf. They have a copy of the creative act by Rick Rubin. It's $3, $3. So I was like, you know what? I'll take that too. So I bought it and, and I started reading it while I was there and oh my gosh, this book is exactly what I was waiting for. This is it was like the universe sending me this book as a gift and saying, "Keith, you're asking these questions, you're unsure about what this might look like, you're needing some direction for where this could go, and this book is going to help you figure it out." And I started reading this book and it is blowing my mind. I I very quickly realized 
I needed to underline in the book, but I didn't want to underline. I typically like when I'm doing research for a book, I'll use a pen. But I didn't. I just felt like I can't use a pen in this book. So I, I found a pencil, and I, I walk around reading this book around the house with a pencil, and I'm constantly underlining in a pencil, putting stars by things, circling things. Oh my gosh, um, these little beautiful moments of just epiphany and genius and um, insight. It's just so insightful. It's a book. Yes, it's a book about creativity, but it, you know what? It's also a book about, like, I, I think it's a book about philosophy. It's a book about theology. It's a book about mysticism. Um, it's a book about the human experience. It, it, it's, it's hitting me on so many levels. And it is exactly what I needed for this moment. So thank you, universe. Thank you, um, divine unity. Thank you for sending me this book at the perfect time, at just the right time, because this has been so helpful for me. And again, I still don't have the answers. I mean, as, as much as this book is helping me, it's really just giving me some suggestions. It's saying, you could do this. You could try this. It might look like that, or it might look like this other thing. It might never look like that. It might look like something you haven't even thought of yet. But it's really sparking the questions and the creativity and the ideas for me. So I wanted to share this with you all to say I'm kind of in this phase of trying to figure out what does it look like to build the new? And I don't know. Um, it might look like I mean, again, this is the thing about it, right? Uh, it could be so many things. It could be a book. You know, I, I could decide to write a book um, to help help kind of figure out this thing. It could be a journey, a journal of my um, search for meaning and uh, my quest for uh, what it looks like to build the new. But it could be I don't know. It could be uh, a series of blog posts. It could be, uh, uh, you know, well, so far it is kind of a private group of people. I've got like five people in this group that where we're talking to each other and trying to help each other and inspire each other. You know, I could end up collaborating with one or two or all of them, or I don't know. Um, we could do something together to try to, try to figure something out. Um, it could be an event. You know, maybe we do like an online event where we all each kind of share our, our views and perspectives on this sort of deconstruction 2.0 thing. Um, or it could be a book. We could decide all, all each of us sort of contribute a chapter and write a book about what we think this is, what we are trying to make sense of. It could be all of those. It could be none of those. It could be something I haven't even thought about. It could be something completely out of the box. And I'm trying to stay open to any and all of that. Um, you know, there's this beautiful moment when everything is possible before you decided how to define it or name it. And there's this temptation to name it. I don't think, you know, it's a human thing. We all want to give some kind of shape and definition to something new. And again, like these five people I'm talking about, 
Um, you know, we talked about that a little bit early on, like, what do we call this thing? What do we call ourselves? What do we call this group? Um, and we're not a hundred percent sure what, what to call it. Right. But, but what we recognized was the the need or the desire or the compulsion to name it. Um, the minute you name it, you've also said what it isn't. You've said what it is, and maybe that's helpful on some level, but by but by naming it, by saying what it is, you're saying what it isn't. And you immediately cut yourself off from all kinds of other possibilities of what could be. Now, I don't think you can stay in that that sort of uh, sweet space of unlimited possibility indefinitely. At some point, you do need to decide it is this and it, therefore it isn't that. But until you're sure, and I'm not sure, I'm reluctant to put a name to it. You know, I'm not, I'm not even happy with deconstruction 2.0 because it, it, you know, that, that term, that term suggests things that to be frankly, to be frank, it, it's not, that isn't really what this is. I'm not deconstructing anything. I'm not. I deconstruction is tearing down something. I'm not tearing down anything. Um, in fact, I think I said that in the video. That's one of the things I found so exciting about this new direction is that I don't have to spend any time focused on tearing down anything old in order to figure out what the new thing is. That was what the old deconstruction was about. It was tearing down the old and the fake and the false, exposing what wasn't real, what was rotten, what was man-made, to expose what was true and real and beautiful. That was the first, that was the first deconstruction. Um, that's why I spent so much time fighting the old in that process. I had to debunk the old. I had to, uh, falsify the old. I had to expose the, you know, the, the errors and the mistakes and the flaws of the old, uh, to reveal the possibilities of what could be new in this, this new direction, whatever, again, whatever this is, whatever we call this, nothing has to be proven false in order for what I believe to be true. It's just true. It's true because I feel it, I believe it, I know it in my deepest knower. Um, and that is so exciting to me that I don't need to spend any time. It's not a requirement. It's not even a temptation. Um, it's not, it has nothing, it has no bearing whatsoever it's like I, I, I'm now inhabiting a universe of reality and possibility where nothing has to be proven false in order for what's true to be true. And man, is that cool. That is really, really cool. And it's, it, it sets me up for so much possibility and so much freedom. I don't have to spend any energy tearing down anything. I don't have to spend any energy proving something false. I can really just focus all my energy and attention on new and creative and different and exciting ways to communicate this new thing and building it and figuring out how to build it. How do we build it? How do we help other people to see it? Because it's kind of right there. It's kind of like what Jesus was talking about, you know, when he says the kingdom of God is within you. I mean, that, 
Think about that for a second. The kingdom of God is within you. It's always been within you. It's not as if it's not as if when Jesus said it is when it became true. It was always true. It has always been true that the kingdom of God is within you. Which means that the kingdom has been within every one of us forever. It always has been. But it takes someone to come around come along and say to, to say that, just even say those words to you. To allow you then to stop and think, wait a minute. What if that's true? What if the kingdom of God really is within me? And what if it always has been? Right? And again, there's no apologetic for that. I don't have to I don't have to prove it isn't somewhere else first to to help you see that it's within you. You can just stop and and assess for yourself. Huh. Yes. That is such a simple, profound truth, the kingdom of God is within you. And it causes you then, you know, when when you get that, when you when you receive that idea, the next thing that you should ask yourself is, now what? Right? Now what? And I kind of feel like that's where I'm at right now. Like I've had this big epiphany. I've had this big shift of, oh my gosh, I'm realizing something that hasn't become true. It's something that has always been true. It's just one of these profound realities and truths of the universe. And now that I get it, now that I see it, I'm asking the most logical next question, which is, now what? Now what? And it's okay that I don't have it all figured out yet. I think it's part of, you know, that's par for the course. You're not necessarily, you're not going to know immediately because the implications of this reality, of this shifting of reality, um, kind of force you to rethink everything, to rebuild everything, to say, okay, wow, you know, this reality, this this new thing that I realized, again, it's always been there. It's not new, and so it, that's what I mean. It, it's not new in that sense. It's not new in the sense that it, it just sprang into being. It's always, it's old. <laughs> this truth is old. It's as old as the universe. It's been around from the beginning. It has always been true that the kingdom of God is within you. It's always been true that there is no separation between you and God or between you and anyone else. These are not new, um, they're not new things, they're, they're new awarenesses. You are becoming aware of what reality has always been. And now you have to ask the question, okay, so how have the decisions that I have made in the past when I didn't see this, when I didn't know this, the ways of being and behaving that in the past were built on not knowing this, not realizing this. How do those things need to shift? How would I now go about my day 
if what was in front of me, the assumption of reality around me was every moment of every day, the kingdom of God is within me. Nothing will ever separate me from God. God is love, and I am made in the image of God who is love. There is no separation between between me and God, and therefore there is no separation between me and any other living being who has ever lived, not just alive at this moment, but any being that has ever lived in the history of the universe. You know, it's a it's a reassessment. It's kind of learning how to walk again, you know, because you thought gravity worked a certain way and now you realize, well, that's not how it works at all. And now you have to reimagine that, you know, reimagine all those simple basic things that you have been going through your whole life and now you need to find a new way of being in the world. So, yeah, that's kind of where I find myself at the moment. Um, what I'm excited about is hopefully finding new ways to build the new. And again, I don't know exactly what that will look like. Um, I hope you'll have the interest and the patience to come along with me as I try to figure this out. Uh, maybe we can figure it out together. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I really am. And in a way, I'm still kind of not 100% sure what I should be putting my hands to next. Um, like I said, I, there's possibilities. Could be this, could be that. I don't know. Um, the good news is, like I said, I just put out a new book a week ago. <laughs> Second Cup with Keith. It's available now. Go check it out. It's a great book. It goes right along with the podcast. You love the If you like the podcast, you'll love the book. Um, I've got another book coming out in February. So it's not like I I don't already have things in the queue, right? There's plenty of things in the queue. I have a poetry book. It's basically finished. That could be next. So really, I've got time, you know, to figure out what my next brand new book project is going to be that I, I open a blank or a document and I start writing something totally new. Um, so I don't, you know, there, it's not urgent. There's not, there's not an urgency like, well, I got to figure this out right away. And I guess I should just give myself permission to, to rest in that fact, to not feel anxiety that, oh my gosh, I got to figure out what my next thing is because there's no clock ticking, right? There's already a book out. It's only a week old. Uh, in February, the, the next book will be ready. It's already, you know, it, it'll be ready to go. And then a couple of months after that, probably in the summer sometime, my poetry book will come out. So, you know, I've got uh, a good six to eight months before I need anything, you know, to show for this, what this is all about. Um, but we'll figure it out. You know, that's the good thing. I know we'll figure it out. Uh, I don't need to worry about that. And I don't know. I hope you haven't minded listening to me ramble now for about an hour about all this. Um, but, you know, if you've listened to this podcast and you enjoy this podcast, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you. I'm really grateful for you. I'm grateful um, for your support. Uh, everyone like on Patreon that supports me on Patreon, thank you so much. Um, thank you for buying my books and rating them and reviewing them and sharing them with your friends and 
uh, I thank you. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. I hope to be able to continue to create and produce great works of art, great books that inspire and stimulate and challenge and heal and help people uh, wherever they're at in their journey of life. And I think the best way to do that is to start with transparency and vulnerability and honesty. And really that's what this podcast was all about. Just kind of like sitting down with you guys and imagining that you're sitting across the table from me. And I apologize that I've just went into this big long rant um, about where I'm at and where I, where I think I am and where I think I'm going. Um, and I thank you for having the patience to let me do that and to listen to that. And, um, I especially want to thank you if you're willing to keep walking with me down the road as I figure out what that looks like. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for new things in the future. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to be doing things that probably you could put under that category of fighting the old. Um, like uh, John saying has been really gracious to invite me and December Rose and Dylan Neighbor Cruz to come on, I think, once a month or so, maybe every other week, um, to come on his show, his podcast. And we're the God Squad, and he just kind of wants a sort of progressive Christian uh, perspective to be shared on his show with different people about what's going on in the world, things like that. Um, I would put that under fighting the old, but it's a beautiful invitation. It's a wonderful thing to be invited and asked to uh, speak into that. So I'm going to keep doing that for now. And I'm going to keep doing Heretic Happy Hour because I love that podcast. I love those co-hosts. I love those listeners. Um, so I'm going to keep on doing that. And I love doing stuff with Matt with Apostates Anonymous. So I'm going to keep on doing those shows uh, with him because they're super spontaneous and uh, Matt's a good friend. And we always have good conversations together that I think are still helpful. I think the bottom line is whatever I'm doing, I, I know I need to, I need to be able to measure that there's some, that in everything I do, that there's a measure of healing and hope and help in those things. So even if it does fall into the category of fighting the old, as long as it's still helping people, that's good. You know, I'm okay with that. Um, but man, I'm super excited about this wide open space of what it might look like to build the new. And um, yeah. So I guess we'll figure this out together as we move forward. Thank you again so much for listening to Second Cup with Keith. Um, if you haven't got the book, Second Cup with Keith, go check it out. It's on Amazon. It's on Kindle. It's on paperback. It'll be on uh, Audible, hopefully by, I don't know, early next year. And, um, yeah, if you don't support me on Patreon, maybe you could do that. Patreon.com slash Keith Giles. Um, I share stuff on there every week, all kinds of cool stuff um, just for you guys. And uh, yeah, but if not, that's okay too. Uh, otherwise, we'll just see you next episode uh, here at this uh, amazing podcast that I get to do. Again, I thank all of you for listening. Please rate and review it too. If you haven't taken the time, leave me a rating, leave me a review. Uh, on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, it would mean a lot to me. And especially what means a lot to me is if you would share it. If you, if you listen to a podcast, any podcast, and you think of someone and you go, you know what, this person in my life would really 
benefit if they could listen to this podcast. I think it would really help them. Um, you know, send it to them, email them a link or tag them or something in a post. I don't know. Um, but that'd be really cool too. You know, just for people, other people to discover this podcast and hopefully find the resources that help them figure out where they're going and what makes sense to them in their theological journey. That's what it's all about. And we can't do it. I can't do it alone. I need your help to do it. So thank you for your help. All right. So guys, uh, I hope you've had a good Thanksgiving. I hope you have a good holiday coming up. And we'll probably at least do a couple more of these before the end of the year. And then we're into the new year. Can you believe it? Another year. I, it's It goes faster all the time. I can't believe it. Um, but, you know, as long as we're still here, let's keep doing good in the world. Love you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next time on Second Cup with Keith. Take care.